Welcome to Tabletop. My name is Nick, and I think that fudging dice rolls is totally okay. Hey, it's me, Franco, and rolling for initiative sucks. I'm Daniel, and I think you should modify your first level characters as much as you want. And I'm Shade, and if your TTRPG hasn't evolved into a LARP, you've done it wrong. And we all host Tabletop, a TTRPG podcast about all things games and storytelling. And sometimes we have game designers, professional researchers, and even the occasional owlbear. If this interests you, listen to Tabletop every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Tabletop is a proud member of the Helios Network. In this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing the game Delta Green. Delta Green, by design, tackles various mature themes that may be uncomfortable or triggering for listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifier's Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. If you hate the show, Consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. For the most up-to-date news in the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And with that... Previously on Hawthorne's Crusade. Reactivated for fieldwork, F-Cell was deployed to Michigan to investigate the disappearance and unsettling coincidence surrounding an ancient but seemingly unremarkable mask. The mask was ultimately revealed itself to be an unnatural vector capable of influencing human behavior, but the focal point of investigation was ultimately the shipping crate the mask arrived in. Intentionally taking fate, F-Cell followed the mask back to the home address of incapacitated F-Cell member, Agent Francis. Inside the home, F-Cell found a tailored nightmare waiting for them. Whoever, or whatever, was behind the weaponized unnatural vector attacks was very aware of the agents of F-Cell and had prepared what can be best described as a macabre and invasive intelligence report designed to let the agents know that it knew exactly who they were. To make matters worse, this mystery antagonist tapped into a dark seeker from Agent Florence's past in its latest attempt to kill the members of F-Cell. Ultimately, the agents escaped with their lives, but it has now become clear that someone or something is actively attempting to exterminate Delta Green, Operational Cell by Operational Cell, Fearing what might befall them if they had separated again, F-Cell chose to return to Atlanta with Agent Florence rather than going their separate ways. It was in Atlanta that the true reach of their adversary was revealed, and when an unnatural attack was enacted in Agent Florence's home, once again, F-Cell narrowly escaped with their lives thanks to the intervention of Agent Tranche and T-Cell. F-Cell now finds itself on the run from a seemingly omnipresent enemy capable of weaponizing modern technology into a tool of the unnatural to be wielded against them and the rest of Delta Green. As you are escorted out of the suddenly slowly filling with smoke remains of Dr. Florence's home, you reach escort to individual cars with individual members of T-Cell waiting for you. Florence replaced in the same car that it appears Agent Tranche is driving and they all spread out in different directions and shoot out throughout the city. You drive for what feels like hours and looking at the in-car clocks actually is hours. It seems to be random zigzags across the city. Eventually, you find yourself making your way outside the city and the countryside surrounding it. The entire time has been dead silent, except for the fact that every single one of these cars has had the radio somehow rigged to constantly cycle through radio stations at random, it seems. Never staying on one station for more than 30 seconds. You eventually find yourself on the outskirts of a town called Griffin, Georgia you all enter a parking garage. In the parking garage, there's a collection of cars waiting. None of these cars are newer than the incredibly early 1990s, but mostly they're 1980. And nothing fancy, kind of some sedans, nothing 
impressive but everything well maintained but also not so well maintained it raises eyebrows it's at this point that agent tranche soundlessly goes around and collects everyone's phone tosses them in a bag and leaves the structure for a couple minutes this is the first time in several hours anyone has said anything even resembling words t-cell as we're driving through is telling you to shut up and also it's a bit of a shock from what happened what are your reactions to all of this you've just been informed that pine is dead you've been extracted slash abducted by Tisa. You've had this kind of crazy drive through Atlanta, then to this town called Griffin. What are thoughts? I'm glad T-Cell's uh, just as efficient as it was before I left. So which one of you guys are new? You don't recognize anyone, actually. Damn, lots of new faces. Yeah. Did everyone, you know, and like he kind of slices his hand across his neck and makes that little clicking sound while also rolling his eyes up. It's at this point, Tranche kind of returns whatever the hell she was doing and kind of comes back into view. Different T-cell fire starter. This is uh, Bravo team. You were on Sigma. Damn, not even Delta. Shit. I thought it was good. There isn't a Delta. That'd be too obvious. Oh, you're right. You're right. Hey, Tranche, what's good? What's happening? Uh, well, Pine's dead. We've chosen to extract you for reasons that will make sense. And we're about to drive a bunch of cars that don't have power steering in them. So. You know, normal day at the office. Yeah, sounds about right. Good to see you. Sorry to hear about Pine, though. Shit. How long ago was that? We're not sure. And that's part of why kind of gestures around this dimly lit, not so great smelling garage. Why we're here. Obviously not staying here. Uh, Hope you enjoyed your cell phone. You won't be getting those back ever. They're in the back of an Uber car right now going somewhere. I just picked a random address and told them to go there. So, uh. Yeah, sorry about that. Couple rules for the next day or so of travel. No cell phones, no cameras, no names, no addresses, no talking. We're pretty sure there's nothing electronic in these cars that could, in theory, be hijacked by you-know-who, but we've been proven wrong once or twice so far, so uh, yeah. General operating rule right now is no tech earlier than the 80s, and... Even then, maybe not even technology. Hope you can do math in your head a little bit. But yeah, you're all riding with me. T-Cell's got stuff to do. I suspect you got some questions. We can talk some, but I can answer quick stuff now, but I'd rather answer everything we get to where we're going. Sound fair? Is T-Cell going to extract one else that's in that city? No, T-Cell has to go back to doing T-Cell stuff or T-Cell activities, if you will. You're in an interesting situation. I hate to be the bearer of this bad news, but you became a source of fascination for whatever the hell this is. Each one of you had sleeper agents injected into your lives following events. Even you, Foxtrot, they managed to latch onto you pretty quickly. And, uh, well, uh, good news, we've faked your deaths. Bad news, it was incredibly easy because I have points at Firestarter. Poisoned, points at Foxtrot. Car brake lines cut, points at Florence. Roommate was crazy, was going to kill you with poison as well. We blew up your house, by the way. Sorry about the meth lab. Uh, okay. I mean, sure. As long as when this is done, I can throw that onto my roommate. Oh, uh, yeah, no, don't, don't worry too much about that. You'd be amazed how quickly scientists of any kind, I really do mean any kind, breaking bad just makes local PD roll their eyes and go, oh, one of these again. Yeah, you work for the CDC, but you also have a pharmacy background, and 
people are pretty sure meth is really easy to make, and FYI, it is. But yeah, you're all once again legally dead. Sorry about that. We've got some kind of good enough cover IDs prepared for you, but you can't get cell phones. You're not going to be able to get on a plane necessarily all that easily with these. Sorry about the hassle, but we're not quite sure why, but you are a source of fascination for whatever the hell this is. Maybe it's the fact that you came back. Maybe it's the fact that you keep surviving. But that's the weird part. A couple other cells have successfully slipped the noose, if you will, but it didn't quite gain this level of focus. Whatever this is, is laser focused on you three at this point. Oh, and by the way, don't worry too much about Francis. He's fine. Unconscious and in a coma, but fine. Good. Do these people have a profile of going after family members or are they, they just focused on us, us? She kind of shrugs at this. No, no offense, Florence, but would going after your family members actually make a difference? Foxtrot had a dog that the sleeper adopted and looks at Firestarter. And well, uh, Smokey here um, isn't really a family man so much anymore. Yeah, she don't talk to me no more. It's less my family that I'm actually worried about. Oh, you don't know. What? About the diagnosis. What diagnosis? Your, your girlfriend, she has cancer. I'm sorry? Yeah, some lung thing. I see. Okay. At least that's a rumor we're spreading right now. Oh, okay. Good. See? All right, yeah, get in the car. We'll talk some more as we drive. Hope you like cycling radio stations, because we got at least a day more of that in our future. It's sound like we're fucking ghost hunters. They get some stuff wrong. They get some stuff right. How to make a really annoying sound to listen to. They're fantastic at that. BuzzFeed Unsolved, here we come. Amen to that. Uh, yeah, the, the logic basically being if you can't triangulate and pick a song that's playing on any given radio station at any given point in time, kind of hard to keep track of you if you're listening. And the sound is a nice way of breaking stuff up. But yeah, again, I can get more into this when we get to our kind of final destination, if you will. Sorry, that's not ominous. It's not. It, you're not being led to your death, I promise. We'd have left you for dead in your house if you were doing that. Can't believe they got pine. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find out? That's a whole thing unto itself, too. But um, more on that. You're better off seeing than hearing me try and talk about that. Yeah, we're, we're pretty sure you three were the last ones that talked to Pine or from the organization saw Pine alive, which part of why I'm the one extracting you and not another cell. There was some speculation that maybe, you know, given that whole thing that happened and, well, the fact that you keep kind of walking away from a bunch of stuff, maybe there was some cahoots going on or something like that. That's funny. It's kind of brilliant if you think about it. This guy has the organization going after you, and they're going after you, and it takes me using our uh, dear friend Mr. Finch's resources to land you here. But, yeah, enough about that. Uh, Let's get in the car. I can't wait to watch the life drain out of this man's arms. Assuming it is a man. We've just been calling him him because he's here. M, G, whatever it is. You know how it works. Yeah. Tranche leads you towards a not quite vintage, but definitely not new SUV of some kind. Someone spent some time filing off any kind of recognizable features. It looks like a Land Rover, but like maybe an off-brand or a knockoff of some kind. It's a very boring kind of off-white. Kind of gets you inside of it, tosses some food to you in the form of some meal replacement bars. 
fires up the car, gets rolling, and you drive for quite some time. Like, as best you can tell, Tranche never stops driving, which for those of you that know Tranche is quite normal. And for those of you that don't, it's kind of a bit of a medical mystery. Like, she doesn't ever seem to get tired, period, despite kind of having a somewhat tired disposition at all points in time. Like, maybe she's on something, maybe it's just the adrenaline going. But you eventually pass a sign that says, Welcome to Indiana, and drive more into the state. And eventually you wind up in the middle of goddamn nowhere. At this point, the tranche kind of starts to slow down some and pulls into the parking lot of a very abandoned gas station called the Beeline Gas. It was a gas station and appears to also be a mechanic shop of some kind. It's got some big bays for it. Kind of tranche stops for a couple seconds as you're looking at all this. Anyone you have engineering that might be applicable to cars? I have mechanical craft. That'll work. Uh, what's it at? 50%. Oh, that's definitely enough then, yeah. So looking at this gas station, the mechanic part of the gas station is way too big. Like, it just doesn't make sense how big the mechanic space for this thing are. And as you're kind of driving around this, the mechanic space are oddly well hidden from the street. It's almost like the gas station itself is blocking the view of the gas station somehow. Like every sight line for this thing is weird. And now that you're looking around like this, this is an abandoned gas station. The town this thing exists in is abandoned as well. You've passed a bunch of kind of slowly caved in houses like no one lives here. If they do, it's completely illegally, probably in a tent. And Tronch kind of pulls the car around into a bay, stops the car, looks at all of you. Welcome to Sloan, Indiana, or as we've come to know it, Black Sight 212. Come on, I'll give you the tour. Lawrence will hop out of the car. Is this like an official Black Sight or one of yours? Both. So we found this little hidden gem. We were kind of rifling through some. We were actually raiding another Black Sight. Uh, something got loose. Marsh Technologies was involved, you know, the normal type of thing. And we found a stack of previously redacted sites and well we found this gem it's flooded you can't get in the bottom two layers of it. it's it got a bit of a smell to it so no one's using it anymore And we chose i chose to make it of my, my own if you will think of it as my home away from my home away from home that no one has to know about it's got some power it's got some rooms it's got some basic facilities it i think was a detention center at one point but obviously not used for that anymore i got the diesel generator running so it's got power but Best of all, the entire thing is air gap. This thing was built late 60s, early 70s at the latest. Nothing here knows what the internet is. Nothing here connects to the outside. Nice. Do you have anything to drink? Kind of smiles at this and kind of pulls a, what looks like just a piece of plate metal built into the floor up, revealing a staircase. Firestarter, how little you think. Oh, I miss being in TSO sometimes. All right. And she kind of leads you down, clicks on some lights. So, yeah, this is installation is as she described. It is a four-story facility based on a map you pass. She said the bottom two floors are flooded, which makes a certain amount of sense. You can smell stagnant water. Lighting is that kind of Cold War era soda light kind of thing. Nothing about this place is aesthetically pleasing. It's all brutal and utilitarian, cement hallways with metal doors, and lighting only as often as needed. The first floor appears to be kind of the living spaces, and it seems to be where Tranche is kind of putting some amenities, and by that I mean a bookshelf with some stuff, a place for guns, some sleeping bags, you know, stuff to make it feel homey, if you will. 
The second story is mostly storage. It's got like what appeared to be at one point in time, like a briefing room or maybe a library of some kind. A more formal studying space that's unfurnished. Or it's got no, it's got chairs and tables, but no mats or anything like that. It got cleaned out long ago. You go and check out the staircase. It leads down to the bottom floor. It's just, just kind of waist deep water on third level and fourth level assumably is totally flooded. If the natural doesn't kill us, the mold here will. Ah, don't worry about it. I dumped a bunch of chlorine in the groundwater. It's fine. Uh, private pool. Well, I'll go peruse these books, I guess, seeing as how there's not really very much else to do. Once the meeting start. Feel free to grab a room. They're all dormitory-style stuff. I'm not sure I'd sleep directly on the mattresses they left, but they're there. We can scrunch some cardboard to throw it off. A uh, couple rules. You're not leaving here in anything less than... I recommend you all go. You go together. Some kind of T-cell people will show up. You have a couple of contacts you can call from some secure line phones. They only call one number. They're very old school, beyond payphone old school type of stuff. Pretty sure they can't be tapped remotely. How we've been approaching this is you call them, they do the research, and then you kind of wait. It's not very expedited. We can't do the researching ourselves, but safety first, you know? There is a town, kind of gestures wildly a little bit that ways. Calling it a town is generous. If you really need to go be around people, you can go there, I guess. It will be useless, but we can maybe get you some internet there or something like that. If you have something shipped here, let me know. We can work something out. Mostly, you guys need to not leave without kind of a really good reason. We're not sure what's going on, but it seems to have a bit of a fixation on you. Also, it's a couple of rooms here that are locked. Stay out of them. Green box dangerous or just we don't want to see what's inside? Yes. Fair enough. Not to get all mushy, but one of them's a tad personal. Think of it as a trophy room, if you will. Ah. Oh, and ignore the junk pile on the second floor. It's just smash stuff. Well, once we're settled, I think that we should all sit down and have a bit of conversation. I have a theory, maybe? Maybe an experiment that we could do that might help us here? I'm not sure yet. I want to get everyone's thoughts on it. Well, we can get right to it if you want. So I'll give you the night to kind of make yourself at home and get comfortable, if you will. Not that, again, gestures around comfort's exactly a priority here. Uh, we can get to it right now if you want, though. Uh, time is a wasting, but at the same time, it's been a rough couple of days, and I'm sure you all are enjoying this being the first time you're not hearing the change of channels going on constantly. God, those back-to-back -back country channels were brutal. Well, I'm ready to go whenever anyone else says. Take the time you all need, though. Let's just go now. If group consensus says go now, I guess we can go now. Probably wasn't safe to swim in that little flooded basement, wasn't it? I wouldn't. You do realize that if the chlorine balance is off in there, swimming in that water could... Never mind. I know water puts fire out. I don't know what lives in water. I just know that there was chlorine in it, and that probably was okay. But whatever. Let's get this started. I'm going to get myself a drink first. You kind of gestures. It's that way. You'll know when you see it. Thank you, ma'am. And I start walking over to where the drink storage is. I kind of turn around, walk backward. Anyone want anything specific? Water. No, just me. Suit yourself. Yeah, so as you're walking there, past something kind of strange. There is a stack of just smashed artifacts of some kind sitting in a pile in a eight-foot diameter circle. I slow my pace. And I kind of want to look at it yeah. a little bit more. What's your occult at? 
My occult is at 46. That is enough to recognize that it's not all Egyptian, but there's a real Egyptian theme amongst all the artifacts in the pile inside the circle. Huh. How far away am I? You're out of sight. You're around a corner at this point. I'm going to pass by this again on my way back. Let me just satiate that, and I will give this a second look. So I go and I don't even grab a glass. I just grab a bottle. Which is quite easy to do because what you're pulling is just those like one gallon jugs of alcohol. Uh, neat. Wait, is this the drinking kind or is this the usable kind? I'm going to put it in the jugs and I just take a quick swig out of it. The answer is both. Okay. Okay. Sip on this lightly then. I start walking back. And as I walk back, I give a little bit more of an intent look at the Egyptian pile. What's exactly in there? So it's a collection of artifacts, some of them big, some of them small, some scarabs, some eyes, the occasional kind of what looks like a mummy cover of some kind. Nothing super distinct. It does kind of match up with some of the stuff you heard about back at the museum, but there's no consistent theme. Like some of it's kind of these dark kind of masculine looking things. Sometimes the plate with kind of a outline of a dark figure of some kind on it. No real running theme, I guess, of all of it, but like it's all I'd say like 90% of the items are distinctly Egyptian. The remaining 10% are, huh, there's some, it's weird. There's like this Greek looking thing with an Egyptian icon on it. That makes a certain amount of sense. But like, man, it's really the same icon on these two items, oddly enough. Cool, cool. I'm going to stop real quick and just kind of tilt back and forth. Are any of the eyes following me? None of the eyes are following you, but you do notice kind of that you're looking at it in more detail a couple reoccurring themes. It's a bit of a mishmash of items, but there are some reoccurring kind of iconography things. You do kind of see what appears to be a dark skin, like like black, like midnight black skinned figure to pick on some of the stuff. That stuff's been extra smashed. A couple depictions of people with really pronounced and kind of like almost like sharpied on black lips. Occasionally have like a black tongue hanging out of some kind. Occasionally kind of it's a picture of a weird, almost not quite tentacle looking thing, but also kind of almost like a gesture hat of some kind, like almost like a person wearing a gesture hat of tentacles, if you will. Again, it's just kind of weird. It's just an eye of some kind, like maybe it's the eye of Horus once or twice, but a little bit off. And sometimes it's just kind of spooky looking Egyptian stuff, like this one or two out of place things. It's like, man, it looks like a, a Viking helmet of some kind, but it's got kind of the Egyptian art style eyes around the eye sockets on the helmet of some kind. That's just like beaten to hell and oxyacetylene torched and stuff like that. I keep that in mind, and I walk back. Yeah. So Tranche has led the rest of the group to a kind of side room that she's dragged four or five tables to make a big table in. And across it's just a stack of papers and various files that she's had printed off, kind of both for herself and also for you. More importantly, though, in a lead box inside a Faraday cage, or kind of rudimentally constructed one, there is a laptop and a cell phone. And Tron just kind of giving the tour of that. Yeah, so obviously no internet, so you can't look at stuff, but this is what I've rounded up. We've kind of rounded up in various references to this, a couple reports, and the creme de la restance, I guess, Pine's laptop and cell phone. Oh, you've already gone through it? We haven't turned it on yet. We figure it's kind of a, you get to do that once, and we've been a little bit busy also. I lost two agents to cell phones, so be careful. 
Through the cell phone, you said? Uh, yeah, so we're not quite sure what happened, but as we can tell, you were the last people to see her confirmed alive in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We found her dead body in a gas station bathroom near the Denver, Colorado airport. Her organs had dissolved. When I say dissolved, I don't mean kind of like recretized. I mean, when we were pulling her out of the bathroom, someone dropped her and she kind of exploded like a water balloon. Oh, it was gross. What was she? Do you guys remember what she was drinking at Starbucks? No. So it probably wasn't the drink that Starbucks isn't compromised, but it's interesting you mentioned the Starbucks. So what we've managed to piece together and what we found out because the agents succumbed to the same thing was someone changed her cell phone ringtone to some hypergeometric bullshit that causes this. It kind of causes disease, but more kind of like influences your cell structure or your internal cell structure. Mm. And it's not fast acting. It takes a couple days or hours. The kind of cook time seems to be a bit different. One agent died within two days. One agent went on to live for almost a week and a half. But during that time, you kind of suffer from, what's the right phrase for this? Uh, Symptoms that might line up with being a paranoid schizophrenic. It also lowers your verbal inhibitions. You'll say some stuff, be a tad more forthcoming about things that maybe you wouldn't be normally. It also makes you more compelled to be around people so that they can kind of see if you get abducted, as we kind of learned from our agents' untimely demises. But the end result is the same. Your innards turn to goop. I mean, there might be a solution to that. If it's hypergeometric, Dr. Florence, I don't know about that situation, because I was thinking, hey, if we just open it up in a vacuum or something, but even then, who knows if you could even hear sounds that are that specific sound. Well, do you remember back in the house? The- when I when I caught hypermalaria, yeah? Yeah. The way that you defeat that is, well, it's hard to explain. Our solution was simple. We put it on mute mode so it doesn't ring. Yeah. I, I mean, there might be a way to save people who get that. I just would need time to figure it out. Yeah. Hey, Tranchi, quick question. Mm-hmm. I know you said don't mind the pile on the second floor, but I, I did walk by it. Cairo import stuff, I would imagine. Oh, I forgot to mention the first floor pile. Uh, yeah, that's my, uh, don't worry about that one either. That's kind of, that's, that's a stress relieving. A very specific stress relieving activity, especially with the whole like tentacle hats or tentacle, whatever the hell's. I mean, we saw that kind of happen apparently, or at least these two. I was just minding my business when all y'all busted in. She gets real serious for a second. It's not Nyarlathotep, okay? That pile has nothing to do with the case. Jesus, you're going to say that name out loud. Okay. Okay. That's a really good thing to know. Trust me. Glad to hear. If it was, who wouldn't be here? I'd be handling this. So, uh, I don't know what the logistics on this might be or even how you'd go about it. And I can't really do the research to figure it out because I can't be around computers or anything to try to figure this out. But you said that there's a team on standby that might be able to figure stuff out for us. Yeah, basically make a questionnaire. We'll send it off to them and we'll go from there. How how far are they willing to go? Seeing as a couple of them don't even know they're friendlies yet, I wouldn't have them try and murder someone. I, I would stick to just what they can search. 
No, I was I was thinking the last time we spoke to our friend, quote unquote, the one that almost killed us in a fucking house, uh, learned that you can kind of turn anything into a weapon if you can figure out how to convert it into sound. I was wondering if there's a way we could try to figure out how to convert the elder sign into a sound. Kind of shrugs at this. I mean, maybe that's beyond my skill set though at that, but I'm not really sure how one turns a symbol into a sound, but I don't know. It was an idea. I figured that if we could do something like that and just broadcast on the radio, that would probably do a serious amount of damage to them. Even if it was just for a second, they're not sure how whoever's doing this is doing this. That's like, yeah, maybe we figure how to do that as part of that, but like, we're not sure how they're doing this. Yeah. But the fact that finding ways to digitize sounds into emissions is a thing. Speaking of uh, shit that we saw a while back and that stupid ass house, uh, you have a pen and paper real quick. I have nods at a pile of them. Yeah, help yourself. So I draw a crude image of, like, from memory, that strange logo. You ever run into this? This little octopus with a camera shutter on its head? Yeah, actually. Great, because that is the thing that just flashed up on this weird TV array in that little spooky house that nearly killed us. Where did you see it? So she walks over to Pine's laptop, opens it up, and sitting on the keyboard, there is a yellow kind of two-inch wide by six-inch long flyer-looking thing. With It's not quite the same logo on it, but it's really quite close to it. It's advertising something called the Thousand Eyes Centralized Rave. Oh, fuck. I'm not touching it or anything else. I'm like, hey, Florence, um, I forget how your hand thing works. Uh, you want to see this real quick? Uh, she'll take a look. Yeah, so the piece of paper, like, it still has, like, it's faded. Like, it had some water dust on it or something like that. It's mostly gone. But I'm kind of, you can make out, like, a couple details. Elfia a little bit's on there. The logo is kind of faded out. But mostly you can just kind of see a thousand eyes to centralized rave on it. No reaction to the Elder Sun. Clearly, whatever we need researched is this. We can find out wherever the, if they're going to do this, then that's probably where we need to go. Yeah, because this is a rave. Like, flashing lights, whole bunch of people, crowded spaces, music. This isn't going to be the best if all of a sudden a thousand, like, children just turn into vectors all at once. Because, like, let alone the fact that, like, you had to use nearly, what, an entire fucking sound system just to deal with my whatever the hell happened to me at the CDC. I mean, that was also just lucky because I already had the solution. I figured that out years ago. Thank God you did. Whatever the hell is out there. I mean, I might be able to figure out how to prevent whatever the cell phone's doing, which they might do at that rave, but I would need to be able to cut people open and look at them while they're dying and see how their cells react to different things. Wolf. Um, did you already look into this, Tranch? Nah, I we found it inside the laptop, though. We pulled laptop off pines so we're guessing maybe she was all right well which which one of your contacts or your friendlies is your least favorite what are you trying to do like them all about the same amount all right i kind of want to know more about this because if there's a mass kind of spreading of something at least looking into this who's playing who's 
kind of paying for this or whatever the hell have you, where it's even happening, and just how many people are talking about kind of coming in. Yeah, I can put some feelers out. Underground music industry is not exactly one I have a lot of contacts in, but I might know a guy who knows a guy who owes a girl who owes a guy who is being blackmailed by someone. Sweet. Hey, uh, John, you you all right there? You seem a little more private than usual. Well, considering we just got kidnapped, I know nobody here in this area other than you two, and you guys seem to know a lot more about them. I have my reservations. Also, apparently I'm dead. So just trying to process all this. I mean, like, this isn't your first time that you, like, fake died, right? No, but I planned it. Or at least I was in the know of what's going on. That's the difference. Uh, I mean, you got a better death than, like, poison. Who the who the fuck gets poisoned anymore? What is this, like the 1800s? If it makes you feel better, it was a lot of poison and a lot of alcohol by that new boyfriend, of course. Oh, damn. I got hit with the G cocktail. Shit. All right. Uh, more like enough of something to drown a cat in it, but yeah, same difference. Shit, what else is there to even, like, say? It's so weird. I can't just Google on the fly. This feels like a 411 a uh, little dial thing way back in like elementary school. Well, the problem is, is I think that we need to look at the laptop and the phone. The real problem is, is I'm not going to look at that laptop or that fucking phone. Well, I mean, like, do we have guinea pigs, I guess? Do we subject somebody to uh, the whole spooky death ringtone? And then uh, Dr. Florence over here can vivisect the unfortunate bastard. Yeah, do you have a makeshift like med bay in here? Yeah, it's yeah, it's down the hall that way. It's nothing special, but it will be adequate. It's right past the meth lab. All right. Oh, we have a meth lab here. Like a? Are you joking? I mean, like I'm not trying to like dip into meth or anything else like that. But I'm saying if we need somebody, and I don't mean to sound super harsh or anything else like this, but if we need someone that's not really gonna, you know, cause suspicion for disappearing indefinitely, hmm? Agent Firestarter, you've for one, should definitely know that there are situations where substances are far more useful than currency. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What I'm saying is, Dr. Florence needs a subject, and I could just lure somebody, you know, bada-bing, bada-boom. I, I, I could kidnap something. If you have some th- some stuff, I can kidnap somebody for you. If this is really the path you want to go on this one, and I get it, it does balance the books a little bit without kind of putting higher value assets at risk. Uh, There is a small computer repair store in town. We are fairly confident, though, it was the phone, not the computer, for the record. Gotcha. So, this little cage thing you've kind of got set up. Any way to make it bigger? Reality is, you probably shouldn't have any problem with signals. We're under at least a foot of concrete with a bunch of metal running through it. Even if you had a cell phone, it wouldn't have reception down here. Gotcha. There's no outside network to tap into down here. Even Wi-Fi inside of here just goes a tad screwy. I tried it out of curiosity. She kind of steps out in the hallway and she kind of yells and it gets really muffled really quickly. Even talking here has a bit of a problem. The place was very deliberately designed. All right, if you're like 90% sure that the laptop is safe, I can look at the laptop, but the phone is another story. Yeah, she kind of shrugs at this. She's like, nothing's safe ever but the best we got correct me if i'm wrong but don't we remember earlier when we were at that house we turned off like 
everything and turned off Wi-Fi and it still had signals. So whatever weird concrete think is, is going to keep us safe. I don't think those rules apply in this situation. Like, I think we're kind of asked out regardless. It was a very special circumstance. We came into a place that had been prepared for a long time. Oh, yeah, the entire house got turned into a Wi-Fi tower or something. Hey, uh, Tranche, get, get a load of this. We took out a battery out of one of our cell phones that was still up and running. Some Tesla bullshit. And it was connecting, and it was automatically and forcefully connecting itself to the Wi-Fi of that specific house. Kind of scoffs at this. Really, you've never heard of wireless charging before? No, I know about wireless charging, but like it almost was like a weird little bubble to the point where I was trying to I was legitimately in somebody's way. I could have punched somebody and they wouldn't have noticed us. I actually shot like a couple of my a couple live rounds. No one seemed to care. You seemed to see us because we were in a bubble. Also that like I understand wireless charging is a thing, but that $20 cell phone you get from like 7-Eleven or whatever is not going to have wireless charging capabilities, and yet it was still up and running. All right, so Tranche pauses for a quick second, kind of like jerks her head to the side, like it's ever so slightly, and kind of like mumbles something to herself, and out loud says, it sounds like a lonely, but it probably wasn't a lonely. They're different. Don't worry about it too much. If there's no feel, it's probably not the same effect, and have you had anything do that since? No. No, no, no. That twitch and stuff, is that something that I would expect for Tranche to do? Yeah, so you have seen that happen quite a few times, actually. And it almost always seems to correspond with she'll say something really specific. Like, she'll be really casual about something that she shouldn't be casual about. She'll have a name or a concept that's definitely something most people don't know and almost seems to come through out of thin air. I kind of bump into Florence real quick. Can I talk to you real fast? Sure. What's up? Do you remember Tranche really doing this? Like, how do you, like, I've seen it a couple times, but how frequently did this happen? It never happened. But, I mean, the stress of this job kind of disassociates people from a lot of things. All right. I guess we should crack open this laptop and see what we've got. Do you? I got stuff I have to go get back to, so... Yeah, I'll be back in a couple of days. Um, if you need anything real urgently, kind of pulls a cell phone out, tosses it in the box with the laptop and their cell phone. Use that one. It's one of those super secure, we washed it multiple times, it calls one number ever type of dealies. But yeah, it will stop working after you use it once. Um, going to need CD player, some speakers, and just a stack of classical music. Yeah, they're down in storage. We had some stuff Sweet. for you. Whoever was here previously was a big fan of Beethoven for some reason. Ugh, not even like Ravel. Hey, uh, you got electrical tape? And nods at this. Yeah, it's in supplies downstairs. It's also probably some in the work area. Sick. I mean, I wouldn't expect, like, did that? I look back. Did the did the laptop have a webcam? Yes, but it's been taped over already. Oh, never mind. It's already been taped over. Should have known better. On the laptop in Florence. She has a computer science of 50. Would she be able to just open up the laptop uh, or disable the speakers on it? Yeah, absolutely. You want to take that precaution now? Yes. Yeah, so kind of you're going to work on the laptop for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, so kind of you pull it out of the box. At some point, kind of Tranche excuses herself, maybe comes back with some tools, throws them down, waves goodbye, and you kind of hear someone walk up in a loud, 
metal door kind of slams shut and you are alone. You spend some time just kind of getting to the laptop. You find the motherboard. You either cut or disconnect the speaker cable from that. You're pretty confident in that. Is it time to fire it up? Yeah. Turn the laptop. Well, first, let me bring up some speakers. And uh, do they happen to have, in their classical collection, do they happen to have the piece that Florence is familiar with to deal with what they attacked us with? How known to Delta Green was that thing? Because I got the understanding it was kind of a known to Florence thing, but not necessarily a known to the rest of the organization. Yeah, I don't think that they knew. I, I'm wondering if they have the musical piece that she modified. Nah, they don't. Okay. You guys ready for this? Yeah. What was that musical piece that you were looking for? Like, do you want me to try to hum it? I I know it pretty well in my head if I need to, but I don't think that'll work, so. Oh, well, fuck. Well, uh, we'll give it a whirl. Look, I think that they probably have something specific planned for us, so they probably don't want us to die in this way. Probably another lure. They have something for us. They took out our handler. They knew they failed to get us twice now. Three times, actually. Kind of garners that special kind of uh, hate, I guess. Revenge they want for failing. Or maybe I'm wrong and we're all going to die right here. We had a good run, I guess. Yeah. Poor Florence, like, boots it up. She kind of, like, sticks her hands in her pocket and will pull out the, the stone that she has from a while back and just kind of look at it for a moment and then slip it back into her pocket and with the computer. As the computer's booting up, Firestarter is just going to take a fat swig of um, the jet fuel he's carrying. And I would like to do an alertness just to keep keep true with my paranoia. We've been going on. You're probably on edge. you got your hands like a go position. I might say you go as far as to have your gun drawn to shoot the computer if need be. That feels like a very foxtrot solution to computer problems. Okay, well, 80% failure on 70, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that sounds like, that sounds very par for the course, so. Yeah. I'm going to put my, I'm going to have my hand on my gun at least. Yeah. I was going to ask you, do I still have my, like, do I still have some of my gear on me? Like, because I know we got kidnapped, so obviously... Some of our you gear isn't had what you had at that point in time. So okay. no, you only have kind of your basic we would wear around normal stuff. I'll say like handguns maybe, but Okay, so like at least my handgun stuff would still be yeah. on me, body armor, all that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just curious. All right. Yeah. I know I know the really fancy AK is gone. I know that. Yep. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure. But yeah, so I'll put my hand on my gun. All right. Real quick question. Did we all just dip into our disorders as a means of coping and comfort? Lawrence doesn't have a disorder. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Nerves I have two. Heal. Same. Lawrence is a well-adjusted individual. She's a well-adjusted individual with a stone that's like been these the the thing that's been with her for the second longest amount of time in this team. So <laughs> it's oddly comforting. So with that in mind, the computer boots up. It kind of lands at that typical Windows login screen. Give me an alertness, Lawrence. Fifty-nine out of fifty-seven fail. It's weird. Like for a split second, you feel some whispers at the back of your skull. It's like trying to tell you something important, but you don't fully latch on to it. Give me a sand check. 40 out of 76. Success. Yeah. No damage from that. But you swear the stone got hot for a split second there. Not like hot, hot, but like warmed up some. Yeah, right there, Florence. She doesn't respond. Instead, while like she feels it's getting hot, she stares at the window screen for a moment. And then reaches into her pocket and kind of holds the stone in her hand and looks at it for uh, probably 
30 seconds, a slightly confused look on her face. Give me a power check. 90 failure. Yeah, so subconsciously, you just kind of slowly drift and put the little stone just kind of on top of the mouse pad on the laptop, and suddenly a password starts typing itself into the computer. Everyone give me a sand check. 70 success. Fucking right at the gate with this one. All right. Six out of 31 success. 60% out of 31 failure. I only have a 31. It's only one point of sand damage. I just hit my new breaking point. (laughs) (laughs) This is all Florence's fault. She brought the rock. Ah, well. (laughs) Disorder number three, baby. I'm pulling my gun out of my fucking holster at this point, and I have it aimed right at that fucking computer. (laughs) 